listening to episode 14 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, creativity, social media, and of course, self-care. We're putting women at the center of our media and behind the creation of it, and today's episode features an interview with Nancy Chen, known as Approaching Paleo on Instagram. Nancy is an email marketer, boxing instructor, wellness blogger, and mental health advocate. Her past struggles with mental health, digestive issues, and disordered eating led her to a paleo lifestyle, and she's now the smiling face behind Approaching Paleo a blog intended to empower people to take their health into their own hands. And while she humbly didn't write this, her Instagram account, Approaching Paleo, has garnered over 12,000 followers, and I definitely see her as an influencer in this space. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation today around Instagram, food, and mental health advocacy. But before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our podcast partner for this episode, which is Ethereal & Co. Within the word, Ethereal contains the words, the real her. And I am completely obsessed with the meaning behind this company, as well as their mission. It's run by two young, ambitious women in Guelph, Ontario, and... Their goal is to speak out on different issues affecting women from self-love and mental health to sexual health and, of course, feminism. Through their blog, socials, and merch that's launching really soon, they encourage others to become their best selves through empowerment and personal growth. Their apparel line will be launching in late May 2018, so later this month if you're listening this Sunday. And if you use the code Kaylee15 at the checkout when they launch, you can save 15% on your purchase. So definitely save that in your calendar. It's ethereal.co.com or on socials at ethereal.co. Now let's get into the episode. Thanks, Nancy, so much for being on this episode of Self-Care Sunday. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Super excited to be here, so thanks. So let's start at the beginning. Maybe tell us a bit about where you're from and where you grew up. Yeah, so I was born and raised in California basically my entire life before I went to college. Um, Born up in Northern California, and we moved down to Southern California when I was... I think in second grade, so like about eight, um, hopped around a little bit down there, but ultimately settled in Cambrio, which is like a pretty small city. It it is a city, I guess. Um, We're known for our strawberry fields and our outlet mall, but there's (laughs) not much else that goes on over there. Um, So very quiet. But yeah, growing up was interesting, I guess, like being in an Asian American household, um, just because there were Asian Americans like where I was from, so I could relate, but also was kind of different because I remember when I was in second grade, my parents would pronounce things a little bit differently. So I thought pear was pronounced peer, <laughs> and I kept saying peer, and people are like, What are you saying? Like, what is that? And I was oh. like, Oh, like you can't pronounce it that way. <laughs> yeah, so just like small things like that. 
But yeah, I always wanted to be a writer ever since I was little. And I think that's something that I've carried with me throughout today. I just like try to get in as much writing as I can. And that's what truly makes me super happy. Amazing. So maybe give us a snapshot of where you're at right now. And I'm also curious to look back over kind of the past five years of your life and what happened in your journey to get to where you are. It's been kind of crazy. So right now I just graduated, well, a year ago, graduated from Northeastern University in Boston um, with a major in marketing and a minor in psychology. And so after that, it was you know, typical post-grad thing, trying to find a job. Ended up being a full-time boxing instructor and doing social media for them for a while over the summer. And then got a job at Butcher Box, which is a startup. Um, it's kind of like Blue Apron, but for 100% grass-fed beef and um, humanely raised chicken and pork. And we just added salmon today, which is super exciting. And I do email marketing for them. So that's awesome because I get to combine my creative side. So designing emails with like more writing. So like writing what's actually in the emails. And then on the side, uh, like I said before, I'm a boxing instructor. I just started yoga teacher training. So I completed, I got my certificate, but I'm working on like extensions is what they call this program. So basically just like diving deeper and really helping you grow as a teacher. Cool. And then I run my blog, Approaching Paleo, um, which has a corresponding Instagram. And it's just helping people really like live the best life they can live, um, whether that's through finding their happiness through workouts, whether that's through like nourishing their body with whole foods, whether that's through like mental health, just all of the above. That's where I'm at now. That was <laughs> a very long answer to a very short question. And so your blog, or I guess your Instagram handle, Approaching Paleo, is how I first found out about you uh, in the mental health world when I was working at Wear Your Label, and we were looking for different mental health advocates and kind of Instagram influencers to partner with. And so we had worked with you kind of as a brand ambassador for a couple years, and now I just like, I'm still following your life. If you hear jingling, it's Rose, by the way. <laughs> oh, I said hi. Um, and I've been still following your life and your blog and your writing, um, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I think that you bring so many unique perspectives to a, a number of things, um, kind of the startup world, but also the Instagram world, the mental health world. So I'd love to hear maybe a little bit more about your blog and how that started. I first started my blog under like a totally different name. Um, I think it was called like Naturally Capricious or like some weird thing that, anyway, I had written an article for Spoon University, which is basically a BuzzFeed-esque website made for um, college students back, I think my sophomore year of college. And that was when I was really, like, struggling with an eating disorder, but also I didn't really realize it was an eating disorder. Um, so I wrote an article for them called I Had an Eating Disorder and Didn't Know, to know It, um, published it around Christmas, New Year time of that year, and it got a ton of traffic. And it was the first 
article on that site that really spoke about something serious and about mental health before it was more of just like, oh, these are the best like 10 restaurants to eat in Boston, which is awesome. But also I think that like things go deeper than that. Right. And I got a lot of responses directly to my email saying, hey, like this really helped me or hey, like I've been through the same thing or hey, this helped me realize like I was going through the same thing or just like here's support for you. Like, I believe in you. You can do this. You're strong. And so I started a blog basically to detail my own recovery. And it wasn't really for anything or anyone else. It was more of just like to grow an extension of that community I'd found by people reaching out directly to me. Cause I think that's like one thing that really helped me heal. Um, and I went through some ups and downs that year and kind of fell back into old habits and, that was when my dad was like, Hey, have you tried this paleo thing? Like my coworker is doing it. Basically you just like don't eat any grains or dairy. And I was like, wait, but I can't have like oatmeal or yogurt. Like what's going on. I was going through a lot of digestive issues at the time. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll try it. And he sent over a bunch of research. I tried it and I started an Instagram and a blog. I renamed my blog. Um, as it began working, to really show people that it can be easy, like that food can heal. And I think it's an interesting topic where like something that I was so scared of turned out to be something that not only helped heal my body, but also helped heal my mind. So I wanted to keep that mental health aspect, but also bring in recipes and like talk about nutrition and talk about just in general, like breaking food rules and put that all in one spot. So long story short, again, yeah, it basically did like result from my eating disorder recovery. And I think was one thing that really, really helped by just like being able to talk about things freely. Mm. And now fast forward, how many years have you been doing this? It's been three years now, I think. Three years. Okay, so fast forward three years and you have like over 12,000 followers on Instagram and you've really kind of solidified, I would say, a community of people that follow you and read your blog and that sort of thing. How did that happen? Um, That's crazy. I literally never expected that to happen. When I first started, it, it was like my friends. And even then I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to tell them about this. And it was almost a year later when I first hit 1000 and I thought that was like the biggest deal ever. I really wasn't trying to like look for followers. I was more trying to build that community and like find that community Um, of people like me. I found that like I was talking about this with a friend. It's kind of bizarre. A lot of people in the Instagram, like health and wellness and food space, they've struggled with like similar things in the past. And so it's just, some more people who are like, hey, I struggled, and hey, like, this is how far I've come. And I think once I hit that, like, 1,000 mark and then 5,000 mark and just, like, kept connecting with people, that it just, like, blew up, and all of a sudden I literally, like, woke up one night and there were 10,000 followers and then 11,000 and then 12,000, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, that many people actually care what I say? That's just insane. Do you feel like – actually, there's a a lot of questions that I have around this topic, but I (laughs) guess – What I'll start with is, 
you we're going to use the the term influencer lightly because I know people feel weird about that term (laughs) but what has it been like to kind of stand as an influencer with your foot in the doors of the food and the mental health communities yeah it's a fine line I'd say there have been especially more at the beginning um where some people that would message me and would be like hey how many calories are you eating a day or like hey like I saw you were working out, like, how many calories did you burn? And I was like, I honestly, like, couldn't tell you because I don't track that anymore. And it's, like, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to me. And so it was hard trying to break away from that because I'm like, oh, but I also do care about you. And you can kind of tell when someone is, like, struggling with something you've been through. But I don't really know what to do because I, like, don't know them as a person. And I don't feel comfortable giving advice because I'm not a doctor or a nutritionist or like a psychologist mm-hmm. or psych yeah just like any of these things um so I can only speak to my own personal experience and so I just try to be careful with being open about my experiences but at the same time not saying anything that would like potentially trigger anyone and I think I saw your Instagram post on this like on anxiety right like mm-hmm like what's our responsibility but also like what's something that we believe in so it's like a weird line it's a it is it's a really fine line because kind of as quote-unquote influencers that have a connection to mental health or that do speak about their own mental health experiences people kind of automatically place you know responsibility and uh also like this pressure to be the perfect advocate and expectations that like you're always going to say the right thing even if it's not in line with your personal experience and that's where I've struggled in the past is that you know everybody's personal experience is different the way that you've experienced an eating disorder is probably a little bit different than the way that I've experienced an eating disorder the way that you've recovered is probably a little bit different than I've recovered and there's no like one size fits all thing for anybody in the mental health space but I think kind of within the eating disorder recovery community in particular food is a really controversial topic and you know rightfully so there's a lot of tiptoeing around discussing types of food and like labeling food as good or bad or healthy or unhealthy kind of in an attempt to make the internet and Instagram a safer space for those that are in recovery But I've personally found it to be a little bit restricting where you almost can't talk about anything in that regard without people criticizing you in your DMs about some aspect of advocacy. And so I'm really curious what your experience has been like as like a food and wellness blogger who has struggled with disordered eating. I think also as like a quote unquote like paleo or paleo-ish blogger where our focus is on real foods. Like some people think like, oh, you just eat healthy all the time. And so like, you just like look down on people who are eating junk food. And I was like, no, I personally don't want to be putting like mass amounts of candy into my body just because I know it just makes me feel bad. Like physically, that's a lot of sugar. I used to get nosebleeds when I was little from eating candy. So like fun fact. Anyway, (laughs) um, that's a little tangent. But I think that, like, me not labeling food as, like, good or bad, it's also, like, a mindset I've had. Like, I'm no longer thinking about, like, oh, I can't eat these foods or, like, no, I can't eat that food. 
And even with foods that are deemed quote unquote healthy, it's like, okay, what someone else might be eating, the amount that they might be eating is very different from like the amount I might be eating, which is different from like the next person. Like, so like you said, there's no one size fits all for portion size for like the types of food, what makes me feel good might not make you feel good. And so that's something that I've just tried to emphasize like, Hey, this is what I do. This is what makes me happy, but you're welcome to kind of take that base and run with it, but ultimately do what makes you feel good. Not, Oh, I'm trying to copy exactly what Nancy's eating or like, I'm trying to copy exactly what Kaylee's eating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that Instagram influencers have a certain responsibility when it comes to sharing their experiences or do you feel like you have a responsibility? I feel like I do. I think that when so many people look, I don't know if look up to you is the right way or right word, but at least like follow along with what you're saying people are pretty impressionable. Like if you Google something and you read an article, you're like, oh yeah, like that probably is like true. And if you hear that same message over and over again, especially from someone that you follow and you're like, it's social proof, right? Oh, like 12,000 other people are following this girl. Like she must know what she's talking about, which is not always true. But (laughs) like, and I've seen people do this where they're like, hey, try out my program. It's like a 10 week cleanse or like, hey, you should not eat any of these things because they're just really really bad for you I'm like why there's not really any proof behind that so I think people do have a responsibility to be considerate of other people and like think about what they would be feeling like why they would be following what you're saying and how that would impact them Mm. so I want to talk a little bit about kind of living a paleo lifestyle because we you've you know talked a little bit about being paleo And maybe for myself and for other listeners who aren't super 100% knowledgeable of what that actually means, (laughs) um, maybe walk us through the basics and maybe what are some of like the misconceptions? Yeah, Um, I actually wrote a blog post on this because I got a lot of questions about what exactly a paleo lifestyle is. And I like that you use the word lifestyle because it's more than just like a diet or like what you eat. I think the biggest misconception is like you literally like eat like a caveman. So some people are like, oh, you eat raw meat, right? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I do like my steak like medium rare and I like to eat sushi. But like, no, I don't eat raw steaks. Um, so it's just a focus on real food. And it goes back to, I guess, the caveman days where people were like hunters and foragers and there wasn't all this processed stuff. So there are some guidelines around it. People who follow the paleo lifestyle tend to take those guidelines and see how they feel. So for example, you're not eating grains, so rice, oats, quinoa, that kind of stuff. You're not eating dairy, you're not eating legumes, so peanuts, beans, soy. And those are basically the big three uh, kind of tenants. With dairy, some people find that they do well on like whole fat, grass-fed milk or butter, cheese or yogurt. And that's totally fine and they just go with it. Like I, for example, eat white rice sometimes because I don't have a problem with it stomach-wise. I think before I started paleo, potatoes and sweet potatoes were like a no-no, but I'm kind of glad that they're okay now because it's just like, I think that's a little ridiculous. Anyway, (laughs) um, yeah. And so beyond just like the food part, it's also the lifestyle part so 
getting sunshine, moving your body, not necessarily like going to a workout class, but maybe just like going on a walk, being with the community and like having that social aspect and really trying to lower stress, which I think is super important. Some people confuse paleo with keto or I th- like I think that's super popular right now mm-hmm. um, or some other like kind of types of, again, quote unquote diets. Um, it's much less restrictive as in they're like, hey, he, here are the guidelines, eat real food and whatever makes you personally feel good, just go with it. While you were recovering from disordered eating habits how was paleo playing a part in that? Or were there other things in your recovery that like really helped you get to where you're at now? It wasn't just an eating disorder. I had like been to a psychiatrist and he actually during that time had diagnosed me with both depression and bipolar disorder. And I was like, oh great, like this is wonderful. And he prescribed me medication and I just really did not want to take it. And one part of paleo is that it can really help heal your gut and your gut can also help heal like mood and a bunch of different things in your brain. Like it's all connected. And I don't know if it was like placebo or maybe it was just the catalyst. But once I started following a paleo lifestyle, I think it also caused me to really care about what type of food I was putting into my body and like focus on nourishing my body and healing it rather than kind of just like treating it like crap, which I had done for so long. So I think it's all kind of tied together. Once like one thing went away, then the other things went away. And it's, I feel a lot better now than I did three years ago. But yeah, to be honest, like these things still like come and go. There's adaptogens you can take now, right? Or like CBD oil that helps with anxiety or maca helps with anxiety. And I think that Those are all small things that can help. But for me, I found just like taking a step back and looking at what things trigger you. So for me, it's like stress. Like once I get stressed, like everything comes crashing down. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't deal with all this. I just want to hide, not speak to humans. But once I think about, again, going back to that paleo tenant of lowering stress in all aspects of your life it becomes a little bit better. So it's like still some waves of things going on, but overall I think it's been a really, really positive change. Beyond your kind of Instagram blogger life, your email marketer by day life and boxing instructor, like you do so many things. (laughs) How do you balance everything and what does self-care look like for you now versus in the past? I really do like being busy, which is why I think I've, like, packed so many things into my life. Balance-wise, I'm a big, like, planner, organizer, visual person, so everything goes into my passion planner, and I use my Mac, like, iCal as well, and I'm a crazy color coder, by the way, so (laughs) everything is also color coded. Um, But I schedule out things to the T, but also make sure to black out times for myself. So I try to make sure I get enough sleep. So um, eight hours sometimes, usually like seven-ish. That'd be the average. I black out times to just like not be on my phone, to read, where like people really can't bother me. I make working out a priority because I know that when I just get my body moving I feel better overall. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a super long or intense workout, just some way to just get some movement in. 
So I think just having everything laid out visually is my form of balance, but also knowing that if I need to just like throw that all to the wind and do my own thing for a day, I can and it'll be okay. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. There's just too much going on, which is usually when I'm like, "Mm, okay, need to take like a me day. I do have like the, oh, treating yourself aspects of self-care. So one thing I found that really helped my skin was just getting a facial every month. And like the lady who does my facials is the wisest person ever and always gives me really great advice whenever I go in. Um, so it's just wonderful. She's like the Swedish lady and she does a great job at facials also. So it's like a double win. (laughs) And just really having things in a routine. So doing my morning and evening, getting ready and bedtime routines are just like super, super soothing. I have products I use. I just got an essential oil diffuser, which is amazing. It changes lights and I like put a couple drops of lavender essential oil and it has this nice mist that is very calming. I love Um, essential oils. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it took me so long to get one. I just like, it was only like $20 too, so I should have gotten it earlier. Yeah, and I am a little bit of a neat freak, so whenever my room is messy, it also stresses me out, so I really enjoy tidying everything up before I go to bed. That can be a really good feeling. Yeah, kind of similar. It feels really good. Because <laughs> I work from home now, and so if my apartment is kind of a, a mess or like disarray, I feel like I can't do anything until it's tidy and looks nice. Because then the environment is like, ah, okay, now I can work. Yeah, same. I have to clean first. I don't know whether that's procrastinating or <laughs> what, but <laughs> procrastinating. Yeah, is that what you just said? Yep. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, that's amazing. I'm going to use that now. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I think I saw it was like somewhere online. I'm like, that's so true. Like, I have to clean first before I do anything. <laughs> um, do you have like a morning or nighttime routine of certain things that you have to do or that you do daily? Yeah, um, my morning routine kind of depends on whether or not I have to get up early to go teach. Um, but either way, I wake up... Um, This is probably bad, but I will not, like, open up my phone, but kind of scroll through, you know, when notifications you miss, like, pop up, Mm -hmm. just to make sure if there's anything urgent. Um, And then I have a glass, like, a huge mason jar of water, actually, on my nightstand, so I chug that, and then if I'm going to go, like, teach over the gym, I just head over there after brushing my teeth, you know. If I'm doing my full morning routine, I will put on some hot water to boil. I make myself a matcha latte, I guess you could call it, where it's just like matcha, collagen, um, some maca powder, and coconut butter. And that's just like super soothing to have something warm to look forward to. And I have like a couple step skincare routine I do. So I recently switched to all natural facial products, which my skin has been loving. Um, So it's just like a fine, gentle cleanser. I think it's called the Pharmaceutics Fine Herbal Cleanser. And then I use witch hazel as a toner, do moisturizer, and then like a skin oil. I usually don't wear face makeup. I don't really like the feel of things on my skin or if I'm going to go work out, just like sweat it off anyway. But I will do my eyebrows and like make sure my hair is moisturized. I usually use coconut oil for that. And that just like helps me get ready for the day. 
and sometime along there I'll make breakfast because breakfast is important. <laughs> <laughs> What's your like go-to breakfast? Um, definitely eggs and avocado. Mm. I probably eat some form of that at least like two or three times a week. <laughs> yeah, I love avocado. I have avocado probably every day. Yes. <laughs> Wait, Addie told me she didn't like avocado. I was really sad. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Addie's a picky eater though. Addie, if you're listening, <laughs> you need to eat more foods. I'm just I think kidding. Like, I'm trying to like avocado. I'm like, okay, good. I'm really excited. <laughs> Oh, wait, I didn't talk about my nighttime routine. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love bedtime showers. And I got from Trader Joe's this, like, lavender sea salt scrub, which I just have, like, lavender everywhere before bed, apparently. Yeah, so shower and then skincare routine is pretty similar. I My friend actually introduced me to this. It's, like, called a blue cocoon. It's, like, a Maybelline's from, like, moisturizer and it feels so luxurious and it's also very expensive so I like only use a little bit but um, <laughs> yeah she gets a discount because she works at this like natural beauty product store and with the discount it's still like hundred dollars and I'm like okay oh my gosh but, yeah so like that's like one thing I will splurge on but same thing I like to drink something warm so I'll do like tea or turmeric nighttime milk it's just like almond milk and turmeric together and put my diffuser on moisturize I've been reading before bed that is the one thing I found that helps me sleep not only earlier but also just better instead of just being on my phone and scrolling through Instagram Mm -hmm. which might seem pretty obvious but yeah I was like oh I didn't know it made such a big difference sometimes the simple things do make such a huge difference like Hearing that, it's like, oh yeah, it does make sense. But then if you actually try it and you actually stick with it, you start to see, wow, this is actually impactful. Yeah, exactly. And I can only read pretty, not like light books, but like young adult fantasy or like John Green or that kind of book before bed. I have to save the more like thought-provoking reading for just like morning and not before bed because my brain is just so spent by that time that I'm just like, okay, like need something very chill. Okay, so before we do the quick fire round, I want to ask if you have any advice or words that you would tell somebody who maybe is in a similar spot that you were prior to starting your paleo lifestyle and, and getting in a better place of mind mentally what is something that you might tell that person I would say that talking about it is probably the hardest but most important thing to do I think that if it gets really serious definitely like seeking actual professional help I found that for me it was a mess of like dealing with healthcare systems and paying medical bills and like a lot of hassle that ended up being just like more damaging than it actually helped. But I think that even just finding like confiding in a friend or a family member or really anyone who can just be a listening ear is a really good first step. And everyone says this, but And like you said this too, when you're at that really low point, you really like don't think that it's going to get better, but it really does. And if you just find 
one little change to make that little change leads to a bigger change which leads to even bigger change and like before you know it it's like this holistic approach like you're talking about and things get better after that one little change so it's just Mm -hmm. like not giving up Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, you just need to take one baby step to start and then another baby step and then another baby step and then you look back and you like made it all the way up these massive stairs and you're like oh wow I did that yeah that's definitely an amazing analogy it's just like baby steps how you climb up (laughs) so at the end of every episode I like to do a quick fire round um are you ready for it I'm so excited okay (laughs) what's your zodiac sign I'm a Scorpio oh yeah I would say like half of my closest friends are cancers and the other half are Scorpios oh that's so funny (laughs) yeah like actually right on the cusp between Scorpio and Sagittarius but I'm like definitely way more of a Scorpio. <laughs> I love that yeah. you know that. Um, morning person or night owl? For sure, morning person. If Instagram shut down tomorrow, would you feel panicked or relieved? Ooh, a little bit of both. Like, I love the community I found, and I love that it's such a great creative outlet, but sometimes it's also just, like, really stressful. What's your favorite song right now? Ooh, I really like J. Cole's new album, but I've been listening to Thinking About You by Frank Ocean on repeat for weeks. Mm. The one food that you could eat over and over again and never get sick of? Uh, yes. Avocado toast with smoked salmon and a fried egg on top. Oh, that sounds so good right now. <laughs> My favorite. So good. <clears throat> and finally, what does your perfect self-care Sunday look like? Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Okay, so... Wake up without an alarm. So that would probably be like, honestly, six or seven. Go through my morning routine, do some journaling, make a collagen matcha, go to yoga, shower, and make brunch or go get brunch with friends. Do some work at a coffee shop because, honestly, I actually like working, but just Mm -hmm. a little bit. (laughs) Get a massage, take a nap, love naps, read, and call my sister. Love it. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you. This was great talking with you. So good catching up. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to follow Nancy, you can find her on Instagram at Approaching Paleo or her blog, ApproachingPaleo.com. And of course, if you want to find Self Care Sunday and more episodes or show notes, you can find us at SelfCareSunday.co or on Instagram at selfcaresunday. I love seeing you guys tag selfcaresunday in your selfcaresunday routines and posts, so keep that up and use the hashtag selfcaresunday whenever you're including a little bit of self-care in your routine. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes or leave a rating or review. really helps with growing the show, growing our partners, and Uh, I'm really excited for what's to come, so I appreciate hearing positive words and encouragement. I love you all, and happy Self-Care Sunday.